Hi everyone, I'm Hayley Haggerty and you're listening to In Case of an Event. In this episode of In Case of an Event, Bob Bejan, Corporate Vice President of Global Events, Production Studios and Marketing Community at Microsoft, joins us to chat about Microsoft's future digital event strategy, team transformation, CES 2021 and how the event world will revolve around a digital core. Bob, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to talk to you. But first and foremost, I'm going to question your psychic ability because you wrote a blog about the digital transformation of live events on March 13th, 2020, when everyone was still getting their head around how to deal with the pandemic personally and professionally. You wrote this really concise blog outlining a great digital plan and strategy for events. How did you know, you know, this was going to play out as it did? For me personally, in my journey, in my career, I've been around kind of new media and interactive media for a long, long time. And so even though I'm kind of grounded in the theater and live events and that kind of thing, and I certainly am responsible for live experiences at Microsoft. Equally, my background is, is in interactive media and, you know, interactive motion pictures before the internet was a popular thing. And then very early on in the internet with Microsoft Network and that kind of stuff. And so super involved in the nature of how do you build a relationship between human beings in the digital world. And so for me personally, just have been thinking about that for a really long time. The second thing that was interesting is, is that, you know, literally in August and September and October, my boss, Chris Capicella, and I were trying to sell to the company um, this idea of doing our sales meeting uh, virtually, even before the pandemic, because we were, we, we've gotten so big that we can only bring about 15% of our sales force to Las Vegas for our annual sales meeting. So Chris and I were trying to make this case that said, hey, that's crazy. I mean, if what you're trying to do is motivate a sales force, you got to bring the sales force together. And in fact, around the world, regionally, we have enough people that you really could create these multi-thousand great, you know, human interactive experiences. And so we were trying to make this case of saying, hey, let's make a digital core and then distribute it out to all of our regions and play it that way. And we were trying to make the argument that said, hey, it it would be less expensive and it would be better for the environment and all this stuff. (laughs) And everybody's like, are you nuts? Like they look, everybody, everybody looked at us like we had three heads and it was just like dead on arrival. Like no one bought it. And Chris and I were like, well, we tried, you know, we gave it our best shot. And that was like, we gave up kind of at at Thanksgiving, then back to work and doing all these events and stuff. But then when in come, you know, January and things started to go South and it was like, Oh, and you could see everybody starting to scramble all the big shows we were going to mobile world Congress. Are we going to do a hybrid? Is it going to be half and half and all this stuff? It was just so it was easy to see that there was an enormous opportunity if you just kind of said, we're going to focus on one thing and, and stop trying to kind of figure it out because it's the world's going to go, you could sense like the world was going to get a little out of control. I didn't know how, no one knew how long, but it was just like, wow, well, let's take advantage of it and really go, let's, let's see what we can do. And then of course, Chris and I are looking at each other going, oh my God, our plan, you know, we get to hatch our plan. And, and, um, and so in some ways we were really prepared, right? From both of those things, just 20 years of thinking about it. And then this really concerted effort and having thought it through enough to be able to pitch an idea inside a company like Microsoft, you have to kind of think it through. And so 
we had those pieces. And so it was kind of easy to jump and go, oh my gosh, there's an incredible opportunity. So kind of lucky. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's lucky. I think it's intelligence and yeah, you're right. Your background is just perfect for this transition. I guess your bosses and your boss's boss got on board with the virtual event because they had to. How did you pivot your team to actually who maybe don't have the same background as you, who come from maybe more of a traditional events background? How did you get them to think completely differently? (laughs) You mean, how are we still working on that? Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me and tell my brain? Because it's hard for me. (laughs) No, it's super hard. No, it's super hard. And and so look, this is what we did. First big show. We had a bunch of small shows. We made a bunch of mistakes, but the kind of the first goalpost show was build this thing that we did in May. And, you know, those kind of shows that are multi-thousand people, you know, they take a year. You start planning them the day after you get done with the last one. And and so we were kind of six months in to planning another live version of Build when we made this decision to go all virtual. And so for like two weeks, this is, ex- I think, exactly what you're asking about. Like for two weeks, everybody's just like looking at each other, going to all the same meetings in the same rhythm. And you could tell like everybody was stuck. Like it was just not working because everybody's kind of like looking at the plans they'd made and feeling a little heart sick. And I'll never forget it. We did this kind of emergency leadership team meeting on a Saturday and we're like, this is a plane flying into the side of a mountain. Like it's not working out. <laughs> and, and, and we got onto this topic of like, you know, it's got, we've got to be thinking completely differently because what we're doing is making interactive television. We're not making a show. And that was really when we were starting to get into this idea of like, you cannot try and translate this stuff. And the more you try and translate it, the sadder and more depressed you get because you just keep reminding yourself that you can't do it the way you used to do it. Right. And you really have to reinvent. And so we're like, well, then we were like, we have to change everything. I think I, I think I said, you know, we should be running this thing like a writer's room, like, like we were making Saturday Night Live. Like we had to make it up under pressure because we didn't have that much time left and that kind of thing. And it would create a new spirit. And everybody went, that's a good idea. And we got some slides from old pictures of Saturday Night Live. And we kicked off a new, a new meeting rhythm that we called the writer's room. And, right. and we literally met three times a week and just said, and the other thing we did was we, we invited everybody because it let us do that because it wasn't the core team meeting anymore. It was the writer's room. And so anybody could come. Within like three meetings, you could feel the momentum starting to build. And we had like 200 people in the meeting every, every time. It was crazy. And, mm-hmm. and, and there'd be like 30 people that would be really working on stuff, you know, that are, you know, like, a, like an extended core team would for production, inventing, like literally working it out. And then like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do that? Like really kind of working it out. But the thing that was great is it helped us lay the groundwork for the change management that we had. And then what we did there was we said, look, we're going to go in two phases, Let's recognize that what we're doing is inventing something new. And so everybody's got to be ready to just go like, what, what needs to be done? And so mm-hmm. we just called, you know, we were like all hands on deck. And we said, and it's going to be that way until we get to the sales meeting in July. And that we started in March and we just said, hey, we're going to run that way. And we're going to, you know, we're going to take notes and we're going to talk a lot. And we're going to, you know, keep this writer's room going. And, and then we set a team of people to kind of do the documentation on the process and best practices just to keep track. And then in July, when we got done with those shows, that, that, that the two big shows we did in July, then we took basically the end of July and all of August and said, okay, well, what does this organization need to look like now? And we did a radical reorganization. We gave people new jobs. I mean, I'd say 85% of the people in the, in the group, and there's 120, are doing jobs they've never done before. And, you know, and most of these people have been working in the events industry 10, 15, 20, 25 years. 
And, and it's a new rhythm. It's a different production rhythm. It's much shorter. You can work yeah. in a much more compressed time frame because all that stuff that's gone away, at least for now, is, you know, all the food and beverage, all of the hotel and hospitality, all of that kind of space management, all of that construction and labor, you know, is just not there. You know, you're just, you really are just making interactive television. Yeah. You mentioned about going back to live events, but they're not going to look like the way they did before. Mm-mm. What's your insight into what, you know, the next, the next evolution of events is going to look like? Well, I mean, we have a, we have a, we have a theory and we're working and, and here's what we're working on. And, and this mm-hmm. is the way we kind of see the world right now. First, what we've discovered about what we're doing in the digital world is so powerful and so effective. We don't want to give that up. Right. right. I mean, it, you know, at the highest level, they're so much more inclusive, of course. Right. A show like Build is an example. We did 6,000 people last year in person. We did 197,000 people in person. You know, this it's mind boggling. So yeah. that piece of it, you don't want to lose that. So that's going to stay. It's also making that more effective, more inclusive thing is less expensive than a live event. And then I think the other piece is, and I think for a lot of companies, this is going to become increasingly important, the ability to contribute to the reduction of carbon footprint for any company by doing less of these things live and more of them virtual is profound. You know, I mean, it's crazy, astronomical amount, and it's not just carbon, it's food waste, it's water, you know, it's like, it's everything. And so I, I just feel like th- that combination of those three things, inclusion, economy, and sustainability, it means that digital core is going to be important and at the center of everything we do moving forward. And that's not going to change. But I do think there's great opportunity for live interaction. But if you look at the world, right, even in the short term, midterm, long term, it's really going to be these series of dials. And we're already seeing that, right? Italy's safe. No, it's not. You know, that kind of thing. That is not conducive for what we used to do in our industry, which is you book a city three years out, it just it's not, it doesn't make good business sense. But what does make sense is like local activation, regional activation, concurrent or adjacent to the digital core, right? And I think for a company like Microsoft, like us, in some ways, our field is jumping out of their skin because, you know, really any kind of field office wants to do is feel like they autonomous, like this is our domain. And now to give them that digital core and say, yeah, knock yourself out, activate around it, you know, put up and to the extent in your country or in your city, you can have live activation, do it, right? And figure out great creative ways to share the digital core with your people and then bring them together and network and do all those things. And I think that to me is... It, you know, it doesn't feel like you have to squint very hard at that to see, no. oh, that makes sense. Like I can see that happening so easily for us. And, and I think that's what, I think that's what the next two to four years looks like for us. Yeah. And it took a pandemic to get your vision recognized <laughs> as well. I feel like this is what you wanted to do. It is exactly what we wanted to do. But it, it does make sense. The sustainability part of it is just so important, obviously as well. And, it's amazing to go from, did you say 6,000 people to just under 200,000 people? Yeah. No, it's That's crazy. insane. And here's another one. And this is one, I, this is my favorite stat. So last year at Build, 28 developers from the whole continent of Africa came to Seattle and participated and learned about development in Microsoft you know, technologies at Build last year. This year, 6,244. So you just go like a whole build of developers from Africa 
That's staggering to me. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. You're almost going to have too many good ideas to work on. <laughs> you've you've worked on different types of events, but what have you learned particularly about building a trade show floor online? What's you know cool, but you know we just got in you know a couple of weeks ago we just got done doing we did CES you know in mm-hmm. partnership with CTA. Yep. And that was the first big test of like, could you do an exhibition show that was really built on an, all of the CES experiences, the floor, the show floor. Yep. And and they, and what was great about working with them is they bought into this idea of like, no, we, we like what you say, like, don't reinvent, don't try and translate it, make a new thing. And, and I think, you know, I think if Gary Shapiro was sitting here talking with us who runs CTA, he and I sat next to each other for the entire run of the show. And he walked in when we first started the show. He's like, there's no business model in this for us. We're going to lose our shirts. We're looking to lose a ton of money and it's not going to work out. And and I understood what he was saying. Like, you know, it's just so radically different. But by the end, they did very well. And not only with audience and everything like that. I mean, I think the economics for it really worked out for them much yeah. better than they were expecting. And And so I think... I think we're just at the very beginning of a very creative time. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to CES and I was very impressed with how it went. And I've been to the live event, obviously, so I know the difference and hard to see. You can't compare. And I think that's mm-hmm. the issue is that, I mean, if I'm comparing coming from the event industry, other people who don't appreciate the difference are definitely comparing. The content was key for me, as always, but the content I would imagine was just much more valuable than perhaps the show floor and when you have the more exhibitor profiles which are obviously not the same so what do you think worked for CES and what do you think actually didn't work oh goodness I have a laundry list of more of the don't work than work but I think look again I think what worked was a validation of many of the constructs that we're operating under this idea that the way you make people feel like you're part of something and that you're a part of a group in this digital space is that live connection and that constant reflection of the audience to themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that that live desk, the news desk mentality, that works very well. It's very, it's unsophisticated, right? It's very, it's very first hundred level in terms of the relationship between an audience and a piece of media. But it's working, right? And yeah. and I think this idea of using social media and the way people use social media as a way, as a conduit for conversation, I think that fundamentally to me, it validates this belief we have, and certainly I have personally, that this is the essence of creating live events in the digital space. And, we, and from here, we just get more and more sophisticated. But that, so that's mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. I think the biggest two, the biggest two things to me about the don't work is we had a very inelegant uh, billing uh, system identity that had to you know, generate that other username for you. And then that whole, like you have to register and then we send it back and we, but that was very inelegant. And, and I, you know, it's just, it's terrible to start a user experience with such a terrible, that being the first thing and it being so bad, it's just, it's a wince moment for me. And then I think the other piece is I, do not feel that when we sold the sponsorships to exhibitors, we did enough to really move them along the way of understanding the difference and get, and getting buy-in, right? I, I think, and it's hard because if a sales force has been used to selling cement for 20 years, and then you go, okay, now here's the whole new set of tools and here's the whole new script about it, and half of them are really skeptical anyway, 
you know what yeah. I mean? Kind of going like, and, and kind of going to all their clients going like, it's only going to be one year. We're going to don't, you know, instead of kind of going, Hey, let's really see what we can do. So I wish we had, I wish we'd had more time. I wish we had done a better job. I wish we'd done more at really getting that buy-in because the disparity between the exhibitors who used the directory and their, their media page and the, and the interstitial programming and really made it work. I mean, they had, they had great shows and they were yeah. like, I cannot believe how successful we were for how little money we spent, you know, all that kind of thing versus fair number of exhibitors that are just going like, I, I, nobody came. I don't know. I, I didn't know what to do. I only had one meeting kind of thing. I've definitely seen that there is a definite divide and it's easier to see in a virtual environment than you would necessarily <laughs> see in a show floor. Absolutely. I think it's really great as well that you can get so much analytics from the virtual environment yeah. too. Oh my God. I mean, it's, it's actually probably, again, like you said, it's overwhelming for salespeople. No, absolutely. And, and this has been a big eye opener for us, right? And, and this is another great indication of how much change because you'd think, okay, events people, like you think you would just fully transfer your event intelligence, your event IQ into this virtual space. But of course, everybody doesn't. Like you move into this new medium and you think you're wholly unqualified. Absolutely. It's a completely different mind shift for sure. What do you think event organizers are neglecting in the digital world versus a live event that would be such an instrumental and important feature of a live event versus a virtual event? Wayfinding. This is a perfect example, right? So think about how much you, and when you're doing a live event, you think about wayfinding, you're making the signs, you're walking the hall, you're thinking like, well, how could people get confused? How do we, and you, and you know, on the average at Microsoft in a live event, we probably spend 27 to 35% of our budget on what could be called wayfinding in one way yeah. or another. So of course, like the same thing's going to apply in a digital space, but God, it took us so long to get people aware of that. Like, no, you got to look at every page and the way the pages play together. And we're still not there. Like I'd still only give us a C on that in terms of being able to, we have so much more to go in terms of creating a cohesive and coherent experience in the same way you would demand it in the live world, right? We've become so sophisticated in live event production, you know, where you're walking the hall and you're going like, why isn't that pipe? And why isn't that, you know, you know, the, all of that kind of stuff where you've got to do that level of fit and finish and detail and that level of walkthrough and to create that process because, you know, we just didn't have it. Like what does a digital walkthrough of the virtual venue look like? And how do you give notes? You know, and, that, and we had to work all that stuff out in those writer's room meetings. And it was really cool to work out. What's your opinion on the networking aspect in a virtual environment? So this is the great debate, right? That, and this is where most human uh, live event hardcore people go, you'll never get there. This is the one thing that live events will never be able to be replaced. And I think to a certain degree, that's true. You know, you're never going to be able to have a you know, glass of wine in the hotel bar after the full day of meetings and talk it out and good to see you. I'll see you again next year kind of connection with people done. You just can't do it. But what you can do, and it's interesting because it's very different, but it's very effective as well, are use these tools that we have. And of course, we use Teams and Microsoft stuff, but to create these like ask the experts, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, 15 minutes with an engineering legend that you always wanted to meet and ask a question of like these things can, you know, you can do these things at scale because you can ask these engineering legends for three hours of their time and they don't need to do anything except this, right? They don't yeah. need to get on a plane. They don't need to go there. So they're much more willing to say yes, which is an amazing thing for us. And, and our audience eats it up. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so that kind of thing 
we're finding is very, very effective. We can't do enough of it, right? Like okay. it sells out, right? We're all we're already starting to think about like maybe we should be selling tickets to this part of our world. And then the other place that we find that it, it's working very well is geographic and role-based meetups are working very well for us. And not just like, oh, just throw them all in a room and you know, here's your avatar, because we don't do that, but throwing them into topic-based discussions at 40 to 100 at a time, moderated with subject matter experts in the chat to also handle questions as well in real time yeah. while the discussion's going, it's effective. And the thing is, is like in our digital venue, what's cool is, is you see somebody in the Teams thing, you see a name there, you can IM them immediately in the in the venue and they write back, go, oh yeah, you want to meet after the session's over? Fine. The venue itself generates a, a, a Teams meeting request that goes to your Outlook and instantiates the meeting inside the inside the venue when that session is over. Or if you want to bail out of the session, do it immediately, you can do that too. Like, no, it's not the hotel lobby and it's not the convention floor, but it is serendipity. Like this this whole thing, because like, that's, I think, the argument of our industry right now. And that's the word people use. You yeah. know, serendipity, you know, and it's like, yeah. I don't agree. I don't agree. You know, it's just like, I, I, I don't agree. <laughs> yeah, I go back and forth with this one a lot because I think it is difficult to have serendipity within a virtual environment. But I do also think people are getting better at constructing informal networking and content learning that enables that serendipity, that, that meeting that would otherwise not have happened. Microsoft Build, I think it was spring last year. Mm -hmm. And then you have, is it Microsoft Ignite happening spring this year? Uh, we're, well, there's so much, like uh, two weeks from now, we do our second episode of uh, Microsoft Envision. C-class executives, very focused on international business. Mm -hmm. Then a uh, week after that, we have our fourth episode of CEO Connections, which is the digital transformation of what used to be our CEO Summit. And then right after that, uh, 10 days after that, we have uh, uh, Microsoft Ignite uh, in March. We'll do another version of Ignite. And then a week after that, we do the first iteration of Microsoft Include, uh, which is all about kind of diversity and inclusion that we're going to do for open for the public uh, and all of our company uh, the, the third week of March. And then, um, and then we're like four, only four weeks away from Microsoft Inspire, which is our big partner show. And then we do Microsoft Ready, which is our uh, big sales show. And that's July. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, you've got two events, but actually you've got about 100. What have you learned in the span of 12 months? What are you doing for the next iterations of events? Here's the thing that I think is really is really interesting in terms of what we're discovering as you look at the data and we get more and more data of what people do and what people are enjoying and using at the events we're making. So in live events, at least for us, and I think this is true for many uh, event producers, you know, you have to create enough content and enough, you know, interesting stuff to do during the days beyond the keynotes, which is what you really want to say to your audience, to make it feel like it's worth their while and, you know, give them enough value so that they buy the ticket to the show and an airline ticket and the hotel and all the food and everything like that. And, and you really have to do that. And it, yeah. and it can't just be, oh, we're going to bring you everything that's online in our training kind of, you know, learning library, and we're just going to redo it. You've got to kind of make new stuff. So it's like, because otherwise people would just go, well, why would I pay $2,000 for that? But in the digital world, you don't need to do any of that. And really what you need to do is if you're going to get the world's attention or you're going to get your audience's attention or you're as a, as a brand, you're going to invest the money to go, hey, look at us for some period of time. 
then the best thing you can possibly do is be as inspiring as you possibly can be, be as motivating as you can possibly be, be as exciting and engaging as you can possibly be, and then point everybody to exactly where you want them to go for the other 364 days a year when they're not with you, when you're going like, hey, look at me. And that has been a huge epiphany for us because it really means that what we should be doing is not building rows and rows of sessions like we used to, 700 at a time, 1,000 at a time for things like Ignite. And really be going like, hey, you're interested in Azure migration? Look at these certification learning paths on MS Learn, right? right? And just plugging you in to the thing that we want you to do. And it turns out that that works really well. We really started to focus on it at our last Ignite in September. And we got 160,000 people into the Cloud Skills Challenge. They've already done a million point two hours of training. And we've certified 75,000 people already. Wow, that's incredible. No, it's crazy. Yeah. And and so like that that is the big thing that we've learned. And so what we're do, trying to do more and more now is is we really are making interactive television. And mm. and we're really kind of using that to kick the flywheel of what we want our customers and partners to do with us and or for them, you know, what we can do for them for the rest of the year. And so it means that what's happening is, is that that digital core is getting better and better produced, higher production value, more interactivity, you know, not just a chat room, but chat and polling and trivia and, you know, just all the things that are just like the next level of sophistication in terms of making interactive TV. I really do like that concept. And I don't think we've ever utilized live events like that. And I hope, you know, continuing forward, we can do that with live events and virtual events. So you as a Microsoft, you, you're you an exhibitor sometimes. Have you been involved in that side of things? So, yeah, a lot. Yeah. How How is that? Because you're, <laughs> you're like, make space for Microsoft. We've got this down. We, we're going to go to your show. And then the virtual environment is not so good, maybe. No. Wait, that's what we're talking about, right? too. I, well, and it's real. I think that's a very... I think you hit on a very interesting thing that I think there are many brands that must be having the same conversation we're having, which is yeah. like, wow, that was really bad. Like, you know, kind of like, you know, the technology didn't work. Like, oh, that, this was, this whole metaphor thing of like giving me an avatar, we don't like, you know, that's not yeah. good. And so, so there's part, of, there's that. Mm-hmm. And yet you say, hey, look, but we want to be in those industries. It's super important to us. You know, we've got great customers. We want to make sure that people know our message. And and quite frankly, the competitive landscape, you, you got to be there if the competitors are there. But I think the question is, is if you start to get, if you start, if you're a brand that starts to really understand the power of what we're doing in this interactive space and what this next kind of dimension is, and it isn't websites and it's not, you know, SEO campaigns, it's, it's this, it's this new thing and you choose to get good at it, there's very there's something to be said of like, well, the half a million dollars I would spend on the, ex, the expo mm-hmm. and that money spent in a focused, you know, social and web campaign for a piece of content that I build and promote myself from my, you know, my place. Like when you really do run the numbers, it, it, it doesn't take, again, you don't have to squint very hard where you go, wow, I, I could do as well or better than I would do if I went to the event whether it was virtual or live. Do you think that's going to change the the jobs and the responsibilities of exhibitor profile companies, no matter what the industry, from a high-tech industry to a manufacturing industry? Are they going to get more savvy? There's no marketer that isn't going to go, wow, more effective, less expensive, and I make my company look good in terms of saving the planet. Mm, that's 
Like, you know, it's like, and so you kind of go, that's, so that's a true statement. And then I think people are just going to go like, this is where it really is going to be divide where you were talking about. Like if, if you do a good show, this is what I think is so cool about what CTA did. They really went, okay, let's really go for it. Yeah. I think what they did is they defined what their digital core is going to look like. And it's going to serve the return of the live show extremely well. Yeah. And I think what many of these other shows are not doing is really understanding that what you got to do is, is how do you project your brand, even if you're an exhibition and that is your brand, how do you project it into this medium in a way that's compelling? Because if you build a bad show, people are just going to be like, wow, that's, you don't get it, you know? And then it's, then it's easier to go, okay, I'll, I'll do my own thing and get that audience to come and just see me alone. And I have my, their undivided attention for as long as I can keep it. That's a very interesting point. It will keep event organizers definitely on their toes and maybe they'll want to evolve and keep up with the changing needs of their clients, I think, as well. So you've got a ton of events that I wasn't aware of, so sorry, but you have a ton. Um, They're coming up, but when the vaccines are finished and we return to live events, what does that look like for Microsoft? Well, I, I think for us, uh, we really are excited about this idea of this strengthening and really knitting a new relationship between what we call Ring One, our, our flagship events, and Ring Two, Three, and Four, which is the way we stage regional and local events throughout the world. You know, what we see is increasingly this annual calendar. Like what it used to be for us in the live world was we do Ignite in September in Orlando, and then we would tour a version of Ignite through 30 cities around the world for the rest of the year. But now what we see is is that we could do Ignite twice, once in November and once in March, and then the world activates around it. Do you know what I mean? So effectively, Ignite plays the entire planet at the same time. And so- that idea, the idea of that and how rich that can be, you know, like the way Ignite comes to life in London versus the way it comes to life in Dubai versus the way it comes, you know what I mean? Like there's just yeah. so much opportunity to do incredibly creative stuff as cities and offices kind of interpret and localize what we deliver as the core, the digital core. And so I, I think for us, you know, we're going to start experimenting with that in earnest in two weeks because we're going to do for the first time in the middle of this Envision show. Uh, it's an hour and a half program that we'll do the first 40 minutes. Then we're going to literally break and go to local breakouts in the program and then come back, And which I think I'm very excited. It's going to be cool. And that'll be the first test of doing that kind of integration between a local activation and a a digital core. And then I think we're just going to continue to build on that. We have a lot more planned in it at Ignite. And and I, that's the road. I mean, and I think everybody at Microsoft is pretty excited about it. And what's cool is, is it's not just kind of like this, oh, let's do that. There, there's all this data that really supports it because I think that the audiences are like leading us there, which is yeah. also exciting. I think there's still a lot of people in our industry that kind of look at what's happened and they go, well, it's great. I learned a lot about video. That'll be good to add on when we get back to live events. And the difference between that and, wow, this is the center of everything. And in terms of like, and really it's about recognizing that. And then how do you, how do you enhance this, augment it, collaborate with it to create live experiences that go beyond people sitting in a room with a fancy screen watching TV, right? There's much more creative ways to make this all work together. And more importantly, accentuate the things that are truly unique 
about people being together, right? And and to me, I think at the 10 months in, I kind of go, the only thing that live really has on what we're doing now is this notion of, you know, the the need for human connection for a set of people, because not for everybody. Like, that's yeah. the thing. It's not everyone, but there are a set of people that really need to touch and feel and, you know, kind of have that human connection. And for that, that's always going to be there. And we're going to need to figure that out. But to your point about the world waking up and vaccines and everything, it is going to be a dial though. And already, you know, you if you listen to Bill Gates, you know, and he gets to talk, he talks here a lot, you know, he's already saying like, look, don't kid yourself. Like this is a, this, it's not like all the time, but this is a going to be a regular thing to a certain degree because this is the way the world is. Yeah. I, I do actually really like the analogy of the dials. Well, thanks, Bob, for sitting down with me today to chat. It's really been great to get your perspective, which I'm glad I get to share with our listeners. Now, <laughs> now, if you can only tell us what is going to happen in 2021, like you did at the start of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> if you loved or even sort of liked this episode, please subscribe and rate the podcast, which will hopefully become one of your faves. Stay tuned for more episodes that will give you great support and advice on how to navigate in-person, virtual and hybrid shows in case of an event.